Okay, we're here. The loyalists are here. Uh, emergency pod. The Super League has tried to return. This I was mean, quite a day, Sam. I mean, so good. Let's do it twice. Uh, the Super League is back and better than ever. Um, we have a legal precedent uh, stating that the Super League's allowed to exist. It's It's been a really fun day. Um, I've been deep in my process figuring out uh, what our stance is going to be, where we're at. Um, I don't know. Uh, it's It's something. I really feel bad for Fabrizio today. Just... Nuzzled up, ready for the Christmas season. Oh, you know, not too much work until January. And then the biggest news of the year, just four days before Christmas on the solstice. Longest day of the year, and it felt like it. Or no, shortest day of the year, right? Shortest. Longest night? Shortest. Tough look by me. Not a science teacher. Um, yeah, this was crazy. So uh, for the listeners that don't know... Um, I guess it was two, almost two years ago, uh, I think it was spring 2021, that a coalition of clubs decided to uh, attempt to break away from UEFA, uh, which is the governing body of European football, and create their own quote-unquote Super League uh, to generate more revenue. Um, and this is spearheaded by the likes of Barcelona, Real Madrid, and Juventus, who, um, you know, whether it's right or wrong, do not generate the same level of revenue uh, from their domestic leagues because they're not as competitive, compelling, or pushed out as the Premier League. So obviously there's this motive to try to generate more uh, revenue by playing against the best teams in the Premier League more often and pushing games uh, you know, that wouldn't necessarily happen otherwise unless they were to meet in the Champions League round of 16 knockout stage making a league out of like the 20 most popular clubs in terms of fans. And to the casual fan, you might think, oh, that sounds kind of cool. You get to see all these teams play each other all the time. But in terms of tradition, um, those games are kind of meant to be special. Uh, There's a reason they happen uh, so rarely. And most, probably 90% of uh, the fans in the world felt pretty cheated by this idea. Uh, There was protests. It was a really big deal at the time, and there's a great documentary on Apple TV I would suggest um, called uh, "War: A War for Soccer" or something like that for a better explanation. Um, but it got blocked by UEFA back then. Or sorry, yeah, yes, the them branching out got blocked by UEFA, and then it was just deemed by a court that that was unlawfully blocked. They didn't have the right to block them from doing that. So now they came back with a alternate version and proposal and are trying to run it back today. Yeah, so basically what the Super League originally was going to be was an own separate league. So the domestic leagues wouldn't exist anymore for those teams. Um, this seems to be something different. Uh, I think they took feedback and tried to make it seem like a more level playing field. Um, definitely isn't that exactly, uh, but it's going to be spearheaded by Barcelona and Real Madrid. Um, basically it's 64 clubs in three different divisions and it essentially is going to attempt to replace the Champions League, Europa League and Conference League. Right. So the fact that it's not replacing the domestic leagues, I guess, is their biggest, you know, inch that they're trying to give the fans, um, you know, 
it's a company called A22 that I believe is uh, working with these three clubs, not to be confused with A24, the wonderful production company from Hollywood. Um, (laughs) They are putting this together and proposing it as an alternative to the Champions League. Um, You know, UEFA is corrupt. They take quite a bit of money and funds uh, out of the revenue of the clubs that participate. So it does somewhat make sense to me that these clubs, especially those that are struggling that aren't in the Premier League, would want to branch off, do their own thing, where they claim more of uh, the return. But I don't think they understand that it's not that simple. There's so much tradition that goes into this. Um, You know, just... The proposal that came out today, which at first glance to me, I, I was definitely interested in and intrigued by because I, I do kind of agree with take the power out of UEFA's hands personally. But um, just the proposal that they came up with, there was it was picked apart within minutes. Um, you know, th- one of the major factors that we watch in the Premier League every year is the top four race, which is the four teams that are going to make it into the Champions League. And that in itself is kind of taken away. By this idea, um, we don't have enough answers as to what exactly it would look like, so it's not really fair to totally judge it. But it, I do think it's fair to say this original proposal, if it were to go through, would need to be altered quite a bit. Yeah, uh, basically, the whole idea of the Super League is teams get paid for their brand and how much they bring to the table, um, but it also is clearly they're trying to insulate themselves from being put in precarious situations. So um, the <laughs> there's three tiers. Uh, there's star, gold, and blue. Star is the Champions League, gold is the Europa League, and blue is the Conference League. And the idea is basically the only way that you can move down in the Super League is – by finishing one of the bottom two teams in star or gold that gets you relegated. So the, it really diminishes league finishes, um, domestically. So that's definitely a problem, um, that they'll have to workshop and work through. Uh, the problem is, it's like you said, I, I can't make the argument that UEFA is a good organization that isn't corrupt. Um, Alexander Seferin, who is the current UEFA commissioner, uh, I listened to his press conference talking about it. Uh, his first line is football is not for sale. Um, couldn't get after that. Just couldn't continue to listen. Uh, football has been for sale for a long time. Uh, and UEFA has been a huge part of that. Uh, so trying to pretend like football is not for sale. We're drawing a line in the sand here that you just, you don't have the moral, the morals on your side here. Um, UEFA and FIFA have literally sold the past two World Cups. Uh, there's a documentary about it. Uh, people went to jail for it. Set Blatter got removed from FIFA for it. it it's well documented. Um, so I, I'm not going to sit here and say uh, that the morale is on UEFA's side because it's just not. Football has always been for sale, and they've been a part of that. They've been the main part of it, I think. So do you think... There is a skeleton here to be molded into a potential solution. There's something here. I'm convinced that there's something here. Um, 
I'm not sure what it is, but I'm convinced that they'll get something done here and this will be happening. Uh, it'll completely diminish the value of the Champions League, not having Real Madrid and Barcelona in it, because it seems like those two are the biggest proponents of this idea, uh, which is fascinating. Um, you know, biggest rivals coming together to form this Super League, it's storybook stuff. Um, but I do think that they'll get teams to join into this because the stuff I've been reading is these teams are going to get paid. So fresh off of Brexit, the UK um, are now trying to block, since they are not part of the European Union, obviously, they're now trying to uh, block their biggest, all of their teams actually, from participating um, in anything to do with this. Uh, They're trying to pass uh, an ordinance or whatever the term may be in England. It's not a law, right? I don't fucking know. Okay. Um, (laughs) A motion, if you will, um, to claim that they have, that they are not allowed to, uh, to join any of their clubs. Any English clubs are not allowed to join the Super League. Uh, it's going to be very interesting um, because it doesn't seem like, I feel like it all happened so fast last time. I know it was over the course of a week, but eventually everybody backed off and was like, all right, we'll chill until this goes to court. And now it has gone to court. So it doesn't sound to me like Madrid or Barcelona have any interest in backing down, mostly because they can't. So I mentioned earlier that they have interest in this because they need extra revenue for uh, you know everything to do with their club. You might be curious why. Well, they have also not had the best history in terms of um, keeping their books, should I say. And um, now we're at a point where Chelsea are playing friendlies against Copa America or uh, Club America in December in the middle of a uh, game of you know a match week so they can make revenue um, just to keep the club afloat i've never understood it i'm not going to try to break it down for you but i do want to just say barcelona have struggled um with the with their finances for the better part of the last decade so them and madrid don't really have an option because they're failing compared to clubs like chelsea and arsenal and manchester city and manchester united that don't have to worry about it because of all the revenue that they get from all the fans that they have. There's a reason, you know, you don't really regularly watch Barcelona and Madrid play. I believe it's on ESPN plus occasionally, but the competition is just nowhere near the same. So that translates into lack of money and they're experiencing it big time. So I don't doubt that they're hesitant to back down from this situation because, you know, if they believe that there's something with clubs like Arsenal that have not put out a set, um, a statement yet saying that they're not about it, or PSG or Juventus, they're going to hang on because this is, if it worked out, it is the best case scenario, economically speaking, for that club. So, you know, those decision makers, that's what they're looking at. They're not looking at what the fans think about and care about, unfortunately. They're, they're worried about keeping their club that so many people love alive and i think some of them probably feel like this is the best or only way to do so yeah psg came out against it uh they put out a statement saying they would not be joining the super league but 
I agree with you. There are certain teams here that are definitely in play. Um, Juve is a big one. They have not put out a statement. AC Milan's a big one. It's like you said, all of these domestic leagues are not making enough money to keep up with the Prem. Uh, and that's a big part of this problem. Uh, and I, I respect the idea that these teams are annoyed that they're not getting making money in their domestic leagues. And they're also carrying the Champions League and then have to turn around and split it with other teams. Um, that frustration makes sense. As well as UEFA taking a huge piece of the pie for providing very little to these teams. I mean, what, what does UEFA effectively provide refs? Yeah, basically, like, if you look, they, they claim that they document all of it, but I tried to look into it today, and they claim that, like, they take a fee for organizing it, which I think Samurai could organize it. <laughs> and, um, like, a claim, like they um, take some out for a neutral site, obviously, for the final. But, like, aside from that, what do you, like, travel, I guess, they have to pay for. But the, there's some serious uh, gaps in their explanations for where the funds go. Um, it seems like they're just going into deep pockets, you know, uh, that are at the top, top of the UEFA ladder. So I don't know. I, it's tough because fundamentally, like I do kind of agree, like obviously we're not getting political here, but I don't think that they should have the right to take that money. Um, I, the clubs are the ones involved and their players are the ones that bring in that money and they're the reason that people watch it should nobody watches because it's called uefa um we watch because it's the teams the clubs themselves playing at the highest level against each other so just by that premise it's like why not take away the uefa component well that's what they're trying to do but for some reason they're having such a hard time figuring out a way to propose that fans aren't going to have serious serious um issues with so I don't know. I, I think a lot of the backlash today was kind of unjustified because I do think they're trying to work towards what the public want. Uh, I think hearing, I think the term Super League is like a trigger for a lot of fans worldwide now. And you saw that today. I think I agree that there's something here. Um, I think they need to work out the kinks in terms of there can't be teams that are just like staples in the Super League. I know that's kind of what Barca and Real Madrid want, but if they think they're so good that they deserve all this money, they should be willing to risk like going down in the Super League, and there should be way more risk uh, of an over or turnover in terms of the clubs in each aspect of the Super League, um, and they also need to reward uh, teams that, like say, an Aston Villa, that if Aston Villa were to get third this season, under the recent proposal, it doesn't sound like they would be in the star. Uh, top division of Super League, and they totally deserve to be. So they need to workshop that part. And if they can figure that aspect out, and it seems as fair and as welcoming as you know the old plan did, then I'm I'm here to find a new solution that helps the clubs as well. But I feel like we're a long way away from that. Yeah. So basically, I'll kind of go through what it's set up as now. So there there would be sixteen. There's sixty four teams total, and there's three divisions. So the Star League has 16 teams there's two groups um, and there's a home and away leg for each of them and the top eight teams qualify for the quarterfinals and then it's 1v1 from that point on Um, so quarters semis and then finals at a neutral site Um, the bottom two teams 
And that's the problem. It's only the bottom two teams from the star division get relegated to gold. So the, the results from the Super League dictate where you are each season. Um, and that same format is the same for gold, but the top two get promotion. So if you make the final, you get promoted, which is kind of interesting. Uh, and then the bottom tier is blue, and there's 32 teams. Um, and the bottom 20 teams of the blue league get relegated. And they haven't said what that playoff structure is like because there's 32 teams. I'm guessing that it's just an extra knockout round. Um, but they, they haven't clarified that yet. So it's like you said, the turnover is problematic uh, for the format. But I, I like the idea of taking power away from UEFA, who is very clearly a corrupt organization and provides very little value um, to the teams that basically just print them money. Uh, and we don't really know where that money goes. So, because FIFA is a nonprofit and as is UEFA. So, very convenient how that works out. Um, but a lot of teams have said no. Um, so, a lot of people have been kind of detractors already saying that this won't happen. I just can't get my head around Fiorentino Perez basically doing this all over again. The first time it happened, it was like just a huge stain on his legacy. I can't imagine he doesn't have support from teams this time when he made this huge legal challenge uh, and he's relaunching it. Um, so I, I, I have to imagine that he has teams signed up. Um, the teams who have said no, I have them listed. Uh, Man United, Man City, Spurs, Chelsea, Celtic, Porto, Sevilla, Valencia, Atletico, Real Sociedad, Bayern Munich, Borussia Dortmund, PSG, Monaco, Inter Milan, Atalanta, and Feyenoord. Um, so, I, I mean, I think that they have teams ready to play in this. Uh, I would be shocked if they made this huge deal about it, relaunching it, and they didn't have teams to play. Yeah, um, but that's we come back to the same issue where it's like, what are they going to do if if Real Madrid and Barcelona like stick to it and we just don't have them in the Champions League like next year? Like, who caves first? You know, um, so it's definitely going to be a developing situation. Do you? We probably should have prepared one, um, but for our American listeners, casual soccer fans, if you will, no offense, that's what we're here for. Um, do you? Can you think of a comp or compare this to something? Like, is there anything hypothetically that it would be like in American sports? I mean, the closest thing I think of is how, like, college football just got shaken up. Um, I was was actually thinking of NIL as well, how they just basically were taking all the profits in the NCAA for not really giving much back at all um, and – they finally shook that up. But in terms of the solution, it doesn't really seem much different because these guys are already heavily compensated. Yeah, I, I'm not sure what the solution is. I mean, UEFA and FIFA are like a blood-sucking organization. Uh, and that's very evident. Uh, just go watch any documentary about FIFA. You know, these fields that are supposed to be built. Uh, they talk about grassroots football that they build up all the time. And then, oh yeah, we're building this soccer field. And it never happens. Um it's a disaster. They're a horribly corrupt organization. 
we watched them give away the World Cup to Russia, uh, to Sportswash, and then we watched them give it away to Qatar. And now we're watching Saudi Arabia recruit Ronaldo to try and have him be an advocate. And supposedly their new, the newest World Cup uh, will be unchallenged for Saudi Arabia. So I'm sure nothing shady happened there. Uh, it's the first time ever that a World Cup bid has been unopposed. So uh, I'm sure that the Saudis won that fair and square and there was no greasing of pockets there. Um, it's it's just corruption. Like, I, I, I can't, I, I don't understand people that are going to turn around and say, like, this is a moral problem. These organizations, we watch them over and over suck money out of these teams and these players and what they bring. Because they're the ones that make the competition. It's it's not it's not the organization. No one cares about the Champions League song that much. I don't I don't know why you're so skeptical, Sam. It's I I can't see any reason why nations would want to host the World Cup and get all that revenue. Can't imagine at all. It's probably Saudi Arabia probably are the only team only country that wanted to do that. So shame on you for doubting that. Um, but. Yeah, I don't know, man. Um, it there's so there's uh, also very you know fine fine print quieter talk. Uh, people saying that this is a long term process to get Saudi Arabian teams into what used to be the Champions League, and now this Super League will be uh, accepting clubs from all over the world uh, because there isn't anything that I saw in the proposed video, which we can retweet on the Loyalist Twitter account so you can see, um, that stated that it's just going to be European clubs. So I, maybe that's what happens. Maybe if they can't get the teams that they want the first couple years, it's just Real Madrid, Barcelona, and Al Ittifak. I mean, uh, it, just get it may be a ploy just to get Messi and Ronaldo to play each other again. Um, my God, this is... It's wild. It's very strange. Interestingly enough, the original Super League talked about a lot of games being played internationally at different venues, but it doesn't seem like that is what they're trying to do here. Um, So that's a big change. And they also, in stuff that I read, um, a talking point was they're, they're also caring about player safety and having them play less games, which is something that uh, has kind of been getting some momentum lately as there's been a lot of injuries this season. Um, so that, that I thought that was interesting as well. Um, I'm not sure about the math on it. I, I really should have checked that before we posted the pod. But, um, yeah, supposedly that's one of their angles as well, player safety, playing less games, just making more money for each game that they play. For me, uh, bottom line is there's no point in having – a league that only two teams are in and out of. Um, I know the I, the whole idea for Barcelona and Madrid is that they get to stay and retain that money, but I think part of the whole desire to watch is the fact that it's so cutthroat how it is now. And it Arsenal haven't been in the Champions League for uh, seven years, and they came out better. You know what I mean? So it's frustrating when we've watched that as fans. And then you have teams like Madrid and Barcelona who just don't know how to, you know, save their money for lack of a better term. Like they just have spent and spent and spent. 
Messi almost came back on a free from PSG before going to Miami. Like they have been in the trenches and it's just stupid. Like they're one of the most lucky and fortunate organizations in sports in world sports. And the, the frustrating part for me is that because of their wrongdoings, they are now trying to take away from lower teams in the Premier League, lower teams from every division that just won't have a chance in this proposal. So we get it. They're trying to use their platform and their uh, amount, number of fans worldwide to the best monetary advantage that they can, but it shouldn't come at the expense of teams that are working hard to get there. Yeah. And I, I obviously agree with that sentiment as well. Um, I just, I can't get my head around the sentiment that UEFA is somehow like morally in the right, because I just will never see them in that way. Um, because they've shown over and over again that that's not what they are. Um, I think, go ahead. I, th- I think it's less that they're in the right and maybe people just don't know how to express this, but more so the fact that everybody wants things to stay how it is. All the fans do. Right. Right. But I would argue, like, just for people that say that, I would argue that we watch Bayern Munich win the Bundesliga every season. Um, we watch Juve go on a run that they dominate for, I don't know how many years consecutively. And they've fallen off, obviously. But we've watched City win a treble and three seasons consecutively. And I don't know how many times they've won over the past 10 years off the top of my head. But we've watched these teams dominate their leagues over and over and over again. So I I don't know. This idea that this will be completely isolating them, that sucks. But we have watched certain teams dominate their leagues domestically, as well as the Champions League. Um, So I don't hate the idea of something different. And I think they're going to workshop it. Uh, I do think that they're going to get closer and closer to something that the fans will accept. Um, and at that point, it'll just be what it'll be. I I doubt that we are going to come to a solution that is just for the casual fans that are just like, oh, I get to see Barcelona and Madrid and Arsenal and City and PSG play 10 times a year. I can't wait. Like There are so much less of them than there are of everybody else. I really doubt that the solution is going to be geared towards those people. And even if it is temporarily, I think it's going to be a failure. So I I just feel like long-term, there's not a ton to be concerned about. And that's why my reaction today when I heard this news was not one of panic or, you know, um, complete, um, I don't know, a lack of hope for the future. Because I, I feel like with how passionate fans are, especially for soccer, I just can't see a world that there can't be a mutually beneficial solution to the clubs and the fans. Obviously, the fans are happy with how things are, but there's no reason that we can't figure something out that helps these failing clubs monetarily. That also is still rewarding for uh, lesser, lower clubs that are working their way up and uh, has the same level of consequence when you eventually drop out or lose. You know, I feel like all those things are possible. We just all have to, it just has to be figured out. 
I, I don't honestly I feel like there should be like some type of fan union spokesperson because I feel like they say so much that they don't think about and that they're just going to take so much backlash otherwise I guess those people are just called PR but they're not good at their jobs yeah I mean tough tough couple of years for them uh, for sure. Not, not great. Not great for them right before the Christmas break. Um, that's gotta be tough. Gotta be tough. This news gets dropped. You're on the PR team. That's, that's tough. Four days before Christmas, you're out there you're grinding. Uh, T's and P's. Yeah. We hate that for them. Um, the one thing I will say that was very interesting about this concept is that they said every single game will be streamed for free. Um, on their own streaming platform that they're creating. Um, and just circling back, football is not for sale. Football is just the worst um, at being behind paywalls. Uh, every single competition, none of it is ever on TV. And that's not just exclusive to the United States. That happens in the UK as well. Uh, everything is just behind a paywall constantly. Uh, it's a joke. Uh, and that also needs to be addressed in some capacity. And I hate that. It's super annoying. Uh, yeah, we can't name one that isn't behind a paywall. Um, but I guess that's, I mean, that's relatively true. Are you excluding cable? Yeah, I would exclude cable. I think if you have the basic cable package, you get at least NFL games and NBA games. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess that's fair, but the cable is kind of just an older paywall. It is, but this seems targeted. Like specifically, when you think about what Peacock has done, and what ESPN Plus has done, and Paramount, Paramount Plus, Plus. Done, yeah, it's specifically targeting games that broader audiences would normally watch, and putting them behind the paywall. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely something that would. That's a draw to me if the Super League is free to watch that is definitely one p- point in its direction um but again they would have the money to do something like that due to getting so much of that money back that they don't get from uefa so like i said i think this is the beginning of something i think sam said that as well we're gonna wait and see where it goes i i don't think it's gonna be i think in the short term we'll see like uh, somewhat of a temporary final decision in terms of like where we're going from here. And I, I, I expect that to just be that Champions League will continue as planned for next season. Um, maybe the craziest thing I could imagine was would be that it excludes uh, those teams that are going to be in the Super League. And then it's just kind of them at a standstill, UEFA versus Perez and Barcelona. Um, that, that I could see, but otherwise I, I don't think it's time to be doom and gloom. I don't think it's the beginning of the end. Uh, I think football's safe for right now, despite being for sale. And I think, um, that this is just something that we, it is, you know, at its core, it's something to monitor. It is definitely something to monitor. <laughs> and listen, a lot of people are going to be upset with my takes, but how objectively sick would it be if Madrid wins the Champions League and Perez is like, this is our final Champions League victory. 
and just like drops the mic and walks off. It would be pretty baller, but <laughs> I have to say, um, Sam, I think we're we would both be remiss uh, to preface uh, the documentary on Apple Plus, Apple TV, Apple TV. Have you seen it? No, I've not. Apparently, I haven't seen it in full, um, but apparently it totally sheds light into how Perez is just as corrupt as the two organizations we've mentioned before. So not trying to paint him into the best light either, um, but it would be, it would be some BDE. Yeah. uh, Perez is definitely a bad guy. I I probably (laughs) should have talked about that. Uh, (laughs) The one constant about soccer, uh, it is for sale and it is corrupt Um, just everywhere. It's, it's sick. Um, so you mean, I don't know. It just sucks. I just, I hate the idea of some guy in an office making a shit ton of money because Bukayo Saka is playing soccer, uh, and just contributed nothing, uh, and saying he planned an event. Um, I don't know. Uh, it's, it's terrible. I totally agree with you there. And I feel like most people, if you boil it down to that fact, should agree with that. I feel like most fans would. They just disagree with the proposed changes. So it's something to monitor. We're here to keep you updated. I hope this was somewhat uh, digestible. Is that a word? Yeah. Cool. Um, Digestible for uh, our American listeners that aren't familiar with uh, a lot of this stuff. uh, Probably pretty new to most of our listeners. So um, any questions, you know, feel free to put in the feedback on Spotify. I'm always checking that. Um, shout out to the people that add stuff in there. But um, if you have questions for us, you can tweet at us. We love the engagement on there. Uh, or you can respond to us on Spotify. Um, there is a feedback bar uh, under every single episode. So, Sam, is there anything you want to add? Uh, shout out to Brighton for getting our over one and a half today. That was big. Uh, shout out to my boy, Danny Welbeck. Uh, I said I would start backing Brighton after he came back. Um, don't want to dive too far into the game, but God, what a what a frustrating over one and a half. But we got there, so it doesn't matter. We sure did. Uh, enjoy the start of Festive Fixtures, everybody. We will figure something out to be back, um, get you something, even if it's just a tweet with our picks. Uh, before the next quote-unquote match week, which I believe starts on Christmas Eve. So we'll be here. Don't worry. Um, Thanks for tuning in. I hope this was helpful, and we will catch you next time. See you guys.